welcome to another episode of The Caption Life, a podcast about how comics and pop culture impact life and society, and vice versa. Coming to you from the state of exhaustion that is the first week of school for a public educator, I'm your host, Kevin. And from Circle City, Indianapolis, I am Sean. And before we get started with this episode, please hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on and follow us on social media under the handle at Caption Life on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Reddit. You can also find out more info and past episodes of our podcast at thecaptionlife.com. That's right. And uh, hey, today's episode, we're doing something special. We are Going back to the beginning. No, not not the beginning of time, but to the beginning of our comic book fandom. We are talking origin stories. And we're going to run the whole gamut of topics from our own personal origin stories to our favorites in comic book history, which at this point there are a lot of. Um, so, Sean, you know, previously... Uh, we, we, wanted, we wanted to do this episode. We wanted to do this live at, at Indiana PopCon. Um, and we didn't get a chance to. Right. Uh, but we're we're doing it now. It's for special release on September first, kind of in honor of my own personal origin, which uh, my birthday is on the twenty eighth of August. I'll be thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Three cheers for the, my last year of of my thirties. Uh, <laughs> but we wanted to talk origin stories because it's it's a cool topic to discuss in comics. But we also wanted to tie that into our own personal stories. Um, and so we always ask our guests. Uh, when they come on the show, you know, what's your origin story? How did you get into comics? So tonight's discussion, I'm going to ask that question to you, Sean. Tell us a little bit about how you got into comics. Yeah, that's a great question. So for me personally, and I know I talked about this, um, on, about this on the podcast before, um, but the person that got me into comics uh, specifically is my uncle Gary uh, from my mom's side of the family. So my mom's brother. And uh, he was an avid comic book reader and collector growing up. And, uh, you know, funny story is that I guess when he was a middle schooler or high schooler, um, he got in trouble quite a bit. Um, and I don't know if he really got caught that often, actually, but when he did get caught, he got in a lot of trouble. Um, and so I guess what my grandfather had done was he would actually force my uncle, um, whenever he got in trouble to burn some of his comics. And some of these are like first print issues that oh, was probably worth a lot of money now. <laughs> My condolences, Gary. Uncle I Gary. know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we talk about that all the time and, and he's, you know, told his, um, his grandkids and, you know, they're my, second cousin like once removed or something like that i, I forget how that Man, we, let's, let's not go down that rabbit hole i, know. I try sarah, to have this conversation all the time i have a big family and i don't know how i'm related to any of them yeah i know well and sarah could tell you um exactly how that works because we've had this conversation multiple times i never remember how it works but anyway so uh yeah he told um you know he tells this story all the time um but when i was a kid probably about um 10 years old i remember you know he would bring over some comics and have me look through that i remember you know it was just awesome read through it so like when i was a kid you know superman uh christopher reeves was a huge ordeal so like when i was five or six years old you know 
three of the movies had come out by then already. And so we watched those movies. And then, uh, you know, Michael Keaton's Batman 1989 came out. So I was already into superheroes when I was a young kid. Uh, but then when he introduced me to the comics with the superheroes, especially X-Men and Daredevil, um, that's what really got me hooked. So I remember he would have a room um, in his house where he had just stacks and boxes of comics. Mm-hmm. And so when I would come over, I would just kind of, you know, rifle through and see, you know, the kinds of comics he have. I remember reading like some of the, you know, First, first issues of X-Men, you know, the the first class there with, uh, with you know, the first issue being their major fight with Magneto, right? And so you kind of see that story there. And and uh, remember, you know, being introduced to Daredevil by him where he told me about how, you know, he has these, uh, he doesn't have any superpowers necessarily, but he lost his sight when he was a kid. And so it enhanced all of his other senses, which gave him like, you know, super abilities that way. And I just remember thinking like, this was so cool. So just reading those comics just really got me hooked to it. And so that's where I got started was because my uncle introduced that to me. And, you know, after reading the, you know, the first few issues of the comics that he had from like back in the sixties and seventies, like I was just hooked and, and I've always read it since then. Um, then when I got to high school and college, I kind of got away from reading comics. And so I mm-hmm. hadn't read comics for a long time until about four years ago, roughly, when I found out that Marvel had um, an app called Marvel Unlimited. And it's basically their digital subscription uh, platform that they have where if you want to read the comics that they've had um, on digital copy, um, you can actually go through and read it. So it would be like the first issues of like X-Men or Daredevil that I remember uh, reading uh, from my uncle. Like I would have it on my iPad to to read. And at that time, I still do. I use my e-reader, so I hardly ever read physical books anymore unless there's a reason for it. And so when I found that out, I was like, oh, this is so great because I just use my iPad for all my reading everything anyway, so let me try that out. And it was just really cool being able to go into Marvel Unlimited and go through and be like, oh, I remember reading this comic. I'll go back and read it again just straight from my um, from my iPad. And so that's what just really got me hooked into that. Um, and so, you know, even though I got away from it for, you know, quite a bit of time, I got back into it because of Marvel Unlimited. And then, oddly enough, like the last couple of years, I've been buying physical copies of comics, uh, mostly from the DC because I have Marvel Unlimited, but there's some of the Marvel mm-hmm. stuff that I still get because I really like to have that physical copy to be able to oh, yeah. kind of go through too. So, so yeah, that's how I got started into comics. Yeah, um, I think I think there's a lot of similarities between your story and mine. Um, Not because yeah, right. <laughs> um, because I also like was really really into it as a kid and then kind of got away from it as a, a young adult and then came back to it. Um, so for me, the fascination with comics and superheroes started when I was about seven years old, six, seven years old. We went to, um, we went on a building missionary trip to Paducah, Kentucky with members of our church to, um, help build a church there. And, um, it's Paducah, Kentucky is right across the, I believe it's the Ohio River from, uh, Metropolis, Illinois, the home of Superman. Mm-hmm. And Metropolis, Illinois is a small town, but that's what they're known for. They got Superman on their water tower and they have a Superman statue in their town square. And like, I, I cherish these pictures that we have like there when I was a kid. Um, and a few years ago, uh, I got to take my son back and visit there. Um, but Superman for me w- was it because around the same time, so I think that was the 1989, Around uh, that same time, you could see 
Superman 4. Superman 4 was on like cable or HBO or something at the time. Mm-hmm. We had it on VHS. I don't remember, but I must have watched Superman 4 until the um, the tape, you know, ran out, uh, wore out. Um, <laughs> Which everybody course, did, right? <laughs> yeah. We, and, and we talked with uh, Abraham Mustafa about it, about yeah. how like we, that movie is cherished to like kids our age because it was it was it was a great superman movie for for young young kids mm-hmm. um uh, kids like us at the time um right. and unfortunately this year you know we lost the director of the first movie richard donner right yes yeah so i mean i mean and that's all the stories came out like how those movies like really touched you know a lot of people's right. lives for that you know and gave yeah. us like our first superhero movie yeah and um and for me i mean i just i loved superman i i went probably second or third grade between second and third grade over the summer i checked out this huge collected edition of superman from like the early years and i mean when i say huge collected edition it must have been two or three inches thick uh, Mm -hmm. like what an omnibus would be now and i just read it cover to cover like twice in in the two-week time that i had um you know that you could check out books from the library um and then uh in fifth grade I got really into the X-Men and thanks to, thanks to the, the Fox morning, Fox Saturday morning television show, which I still adore today. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I started reading the comics as 1991, October of 91, uh, is when the, uh, X-Men number one launched and it was the, the, you know, biggest selling comic book in, in history. Um, and they tout the number of 8 million copies for that comic book, but truth be told, they, they printed a lot, but they didn't sell all of them. Mm-hmm. Because in the months following this, you could get um, these like $5 like grab bags of comics from um, oh from Walmart. Okay, right. and this was, this, this maybe have been six months after that, because uh, maybe even a year after and because the, the reason I'm trying to I'm fuzzy on the timeline, but I'm remembering back, I got a lot of the early image comics in mm-hmm. these um, in these grab bags. Things like um, like uh, Savage Dragon and Young Blood, which were, were were books that were started by comic writers and artists that had left Marvel. Um, anyway, I would get these I would get these comics, and I was fascinated, especially with the X Men and Jim Lee's art. And I would buy these grab bags, hoping to get all five. Um, covers like mm-hmm. because they had the covers that connected. So um, I was really into the X Men. I had friends that were really really into X Men. I remember like like trading Wolverine playing uh, not playing cards but like trading cards at like on the on the blacktop after after lunch. We were really really into this stuff. And I mean I was just I was a I was a nut for it like as a kid. And then I don't know I guess you know trying to fit in trying to be cool. Um, you know I, I didn't grow up with a lot of money so not having access to like expendable income those mm-hmm. things went away i remember in the year 2000 when the x-men movie came out how excited i was yeah like guys i've waited my whole life for this yes um it seems like um but it really didn't it really didn't come back full circle for me until probably i was an adult and maybe around the time that uh madden was born in that time i found out what my name what my last name means and in german stalker means steel corner mm-hmm. and uh so i was like i've always been a superman fan the man of steel like it's almost like a family crest for at the crest for us at this point right um 
I started getting back into comics. We started like going to comic cons. I started collecting again. Um, I've had to break myself of the habit of trying to collect for collection's sake because I have this huge filing cabinet behind me of, uh, it's a, it's a legal filing cabinet, which you can fit essentially two long boxes, like side by side worth of comics on each drawer. Mm -hmm. And I have four drawers full. Um, so it's a lot of comics. I probably have 1500 comics in in the cabinet behind me at this point. And Mm -hmm. I, I've not read all of them. I, I, you know, bought a lot of them for the cover art and because they were in good shape and because they were old, but Mm -hmm. they're probably not worth like too much. And so like more recently I have switched over to trying to just buy the things that I want to read. And most of that stuff I wait for the, um, the paperback or the, or the hardcover or stuff, because one of the things that we've talked about on this, on this before is that if you're a person like me, that like closure comic books, especially the serialized (laughs) uh, monthlies, like that is hard. It's hard to do. You're like, Oh, you tease me and wait till the, you gotta wait till the next issue comes out. I know streaming has spoiled all of us. (laughs) Right. Like, like I would gladly pay double, the price for Disney plus at this point, if I could just watch all of the Mandalorian at once. Right. Yeah. Um, I know that that's why they do that though. They, they keep you on the comeback. Yep. Like, cause you could just free, free, uh, what is it? A free trial or, you know, pay for a one month and just binge everything. Right. And that's what happens. I'm waiting to do that for Apple TV, to be honest with you. I want to mm. watch Ted Lasso. And so I'm oh, waiting. It's so in, good. <laughs> I want to. I want to watch it so bad, but I'm going to wait until all the season two is out. I'm yeah. going to pay for it like over like Thanksgiving break, and yeah. I'm going to watch nothing but stuff on Apple TV for a week, and then I'm going to cancel. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is. I mean, not to get too far off topic, but Ted Lasso is just such a great show, like for a number of reasons. But one of it is just that it's just so wholesome. And right. That it's, I've it's heard a great several times. Feel good. Show. I've heard several times that Ted Lasso could wield Thor's hammer. <laughs> Is I that think true? I tweeted that out. Yes. Okay. Yes, so definitely. He, I, I've got to check it out. It's like it's it's a show that really does restore your faith in humanity that there are good people and that people get affected by goodness as well too. So it's just it's it's an amazing show. So yeah. If if you haven't watched it, definitely just like what Kevin said, wait till season two completely comes out but you know go get a monthly subscription and watch it because it is worth it for sure yeah hey so tune into the caption life where two grown adults with add start talking about one thing and wonder <laughs> off about another completely different thing oh does that happen <laughs> <laughs> so back to back to the topic at hand origin stories now uh if you this is the first time you're listening to this podcast sean and i are not recording in the same room. We do this live over uh, over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, we call it the the Zoom room of friendship, mm-hmm. and um, and we actually had not not met each other until uh, just a couple of months ago. Uh, go back and listen to our our shared but not shared vacation um, right. podcast. Um, but we we connected over over Twitter a few years ago and. We, we got this great idea that we should start a podcast because we were people uh, with si- similar backgrounds and similar interests and we and we wanted to uh, to to talk to talk about geek stuff mm-hmm. um, I don't know Sean want you have anything to add on that one do you remember the the, the parameters of that encounter yeah I I remember at least the first time I remember thinking like um, connecting with you. Was we had followed each other on Twitter through a 
mutual person that we both don't know other than, you know, we follow him on Twitter, but uh, right. Tim Smythe, right? Yeah. And yes. so we followed him. And then I think either you tweeted something like a reply to his tweet or I did. And then we just kind of reply back and forth. And then that's how we follow each other on Twitter. But I mm-hmm. remember the first time where I was like, I actually have like this first memory that kind of solidified in my mind was when Sarah Raya and I went to Disney for the first time in mm-hmm. 2018. And um, I think I tweeted something out about how we're at Disney World. And I remember mm-hmm. you like replying to to me and saying that, oh, I'm going to follow you like all this week because I'm going to live vicariously through you. <laughs> I remember that. And yeah, so anytime I tweeted out anything about Disney, I remember you would always like and everything. I remember talking to Sarah about that. I was like, yeah, this guy on Twitter is like going to stalk us uh, for a week now because he's a Disney fan too. So L- little did she know that we were actually soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I remember sending you the, uh, I remember at some point sending you the, uh, the meme, the gif meme from, uh, Step Brothers, the, did we just become best friends? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it seems so stupid and trivial, but then here we are nearly three years later and, and we really are best friends. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's been a, it's been a kind of a funny, funny ride. Mm-hmm. Um, now it was it was about two years ago now that we that we started the Caption Live podcast. This is going to be episode forty one. Forty. Forty. No, episode forty one. Yeah, yeah. Forty one. No, forty one. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is going to be episode forty one. We actually, when we began it, uh, had a third member, a, a friend of ours named James Claudel from. Uh, he's from Kentucky, uh, and last year or earlier this year, James had to uh, step away from personal reasons. Um, but Sean and I have decided, you know, just decided then and there that, you know, this is what we wanted our podcast to be. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that, I think it's still pretty broad. Like we don't focus on any, anything too specific, uh, right. but we love comics and we love everything like comics adjacent within, uh, pop culture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, we like to talk about that stuff, whether or not it's, uh, it's, you know, it has to like real meaningful things like the episode that we did with um with dr sheila howard about you know why wakanda matters Mm -hmm. um from everything up to then uh, uh, including our um our stupid stuff that we talk about like the how much we love disney world right (laughs) um because it's us this is this is a snapshot into the lives of two middle-aged uh white men from rural america well, I guess you kind of you're kind of suburban. I, Let's I'm, say suburban America. Yeah, I'm more suburban. Or you know, what's funny is I grew up like in a country area, but yeah. my life pretty much took place in a suburban. Like my my schools was in suburban and everything like that, but where my house physically located at was across the street from cornfields and everything. So I kind of grew yeah, up like, in a lot of different places. Even still today, like the town that I live in is like right on the outskirts of Houston, but you you don't have to drive but like a mile before you see pastures full of cows right yep so mm-hmm. it's just it is what it is it's a weird it's a weird like uh I, I actually love that about myself that like i have this great dichotomy of like these two these two things like right i i grew up like working on my grandparents ranch an hour north of here and i can navigate the fourth largest city in north america like the back of my hand because i live 45 minutes away from it right so it's it's pretty dope right um so we've talked about our personal origin stories. We've talked about how we became a podcast, but people people care about the comics, Sean. They yeah. want to know they want to know what these two guys think about the comics. So let's talk about some of our favorite origin stories. 
And mm-hmm. as part of that, you actually put it out there on Reddit to uh, to get some 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 of our followers, some some others involved in the community to see what their favorite origin stories were going to be. Yeah, so we posted this question uh, to our Reddit account uh, under at Caption Life. What's your favorite origin story from the comics? And we got some really good responses from people. Uh, Q9C9P is their username. Uh, said, should we should we be quoting anybody whose username starts with a Q? I'm just saying. I I don't know. I mean, (laughs) it's a good response. I mean, okay, sweet. Let's listen to it. (laughs) Uh, This person said that Ratman from Italian comics, Ratman, which I've never actually heard before, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, Bat Cow, Dylan Dog. Then he says, "Of course, Spawn is who he thinks has the best origin story." So I asked him, uh, you know, why do you think? Spawn has the best origin story. He says to him because it's a damned or cursed origin story because he's supposed to be the hell spawn guiding the army of evil, but he has none of that. So, um, so it's like a hun- unsung hero story is what mm-hmm. he said. You know, it's like he's paid to be the villain, but mm-hmm. then he chooses not to, which I think we all like that. You know, it's like yeah. knowing that you know you still have control of your destiny and that it's i think of- that's i think that's why i love hellboy so much we when yeah. we talked religion and commerce we talked about hellboy and mm-hmm. uh i think that's one of the reasons why i loved hellboy because you get to you get to decide it doesn't matter where you come from you you're in charge of your fate right exactly um and then this person uh said marvel's gwenpool because the concept is very meta and was pulled off very well um which have you? Do you know much about the origin story of? Gwenpool? I've done. I would have to Google search Gwenpool's origin. Yeah. So, um, so this comment actually made me decide to go back and kind of look into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about this is that um, I think everybody, and, and myself included, so I'm just going to assume everybody probably thinks this as well too. For the casual fan, is that Gwenpool is Gwen Stacy as Deadpool? Okay. But, yeah. At first glance, that's what I would think. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, it makes sense, right? And apparently when you read into this, um, the character name is actually Gwenpool. So I think it's supposed to be like a alternate universe of Gwen Stacy, but her name is actually not Gwen Stacy. It's Gwenpool. She wears Deadpool's, um, you know, uniform or costume, whatever you want to call it, outfit, um, with you know the white and pink, um, but she doesn't have any superpowers from what I read about. Um, so yeah, so it's very interesting. So it's like it's it's kind of a play on some existing uh, familiar characters, but it's a compl- it's not a mashup at all. It's just like taking little bits here and there. Yeah, but her first appearance is really interesting. So you first see her as a variant character. Well, I'm sorry, you, you first see her as on a variant cover of Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars, which, by the way, if you haven't read Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars, uh, I love that comic. I think you have to read uh, Secret Wars first because Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars is basically a spoof of Secret Wars. And so it doesn't really make sense unless you've read, um, you know, the Marvel Secret Wars, because pretty much what they did with uh, that comic is that they put Deadpool into the scenes that he's talking, but like no one's paying attention to him. Um, So it's definitely like a spoof comedy of that. But um, anyways, Gwen Poole was first seen on that variant cover, but I guess he wasn't actually in the story. 
Um, But when they did that, I guess, you know, she got so popular that people started cosplaying as her that inspired Marvel to go ahead and write a story about her. And then her first story, the first time she appears was in an issue of Howard the Duck, which I do not like Howard the Duck at all. It's yeah. not my jam at all. But I did read that issue, and it, it was actually kind of funny. I might read a few more Howard Ducks and kind of give him another try and all that. But um, but yeah, it was just I thought it was odd that he shows up and she shows up in Howard the Duck. Um, but that's how she gets started. So yeah. Speaking of, and not to get too far down this tangent, yeah. that's another movie that I saw as a kid probably a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only like, saw it a, a couple of times. And again, oh I didn't my gosh, like Howard it. <laughs> the Duck and Superman four on loop. <laughs> I just, I never got into Howard the Duck. I thought it was just always odd and weird. Um, but again, reading this because of what our, um, um, what our, one of our listeners suggested, you know, mm-hmm. reading Howard the Duck. I mean, that issue was actually, you know, was pretty funny, so I might have to try it out the comics. But I, I wasn't a fan of the movie that came out back in the eighties. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, I found out uh, just the other day that Robin Williams was supposed to be Howard the Duck. Oh, really? Uh, like the voice of Howard the Duck, but he like they he quit like the first like week of shooting or recording like or very early in the process because his improv- improvisational style uh-huh. they couldn't they couldn't mimic the the duck moving his mouth like that <laughs> and so they realized it wasn't gonna work they yeah. needed somebody to little, play it a little bit more straightforward yeah so I, i've heard that about him like i think the same thing with aladdin is that they've had to like adjust a whole lot mm-hmm. because of his improvisation style i think part of it was because he would like swear they're just like just you cannot have any curse words <laughs> in the improv um but yeah I've, I've heard that like he's really good but i think it's it's really difficult to have yeah. him as like a as a voice actor just because it makes it like really difficult for animators or uh, pop masters to you know emulate mm-hmm. that. So, and I you know not, again kind of branching off a little bit, but apparently there was a hot second when Robin Williams might have actually played the Joker in Batman nineteen eighty nine, uh, Tim Burton's movie. Oh really? Yeah, because I, 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 I always knew that they had known that they had wanted him for um, the Riddler, right? For for Batman and Robin, I guess. Yeah, Batman Forever. Okay, forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, but apparently, they they thought about having him because Jack Nicholson was still kind of unsure if he wanted to be Joker, and so I guess mm-hmm. Robin Williams was one of the people on their list to come in and play uh, him. So I wish but, Marvel, I wish Marvel would make an animated show about our own universe. Like, what if? Yeah, <laughs> Robin Williams had played the Joker. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it'd be great. Oh yeah. So Anyways. somebody somebody needs to start a YouTube channel and do stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, so those are some of our uh, audience's uh, favorite origin stories there. So, okay. Yep. Well, I'm going to go ahead and throw mine out there. Yeah. And uh, my favorite origin story, just for the um, the coolness factor, because I don't think it really has, relates much to like the 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 superpowers that that this perp, these people or these characters received. It's just the um, the link between them. And I'm going to say that my favorite origin story is Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Also slash the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, because Daredevil came along in the in the sixties in the the mm-hmm. Silver Age, or I guess you could really call that the the Golden Age of Marvel, but you know the Silver Age of uh, of comics. He was one of the right. one of the characters introduced by Stanley and Jack Kirby, and he was um, he was blinded in an accident by some radioactive substance, and it gave him powers. 
you know, heightened his, the other senses that remained. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the eighties, when Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, um, uh, created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. they, they were kind of used that accident as the setup for what created the, the turtles, like the same substance, you know, dripped down into the sewer and, and, and thus effectively, um, creating the, um, the teenage ninja, the teenage mutant ninja turtles. Mm-hmm. So the the great connection between the two of them, and then um, I will say just as a as a footnote to that or as an addendum to that, the origin, the Splinter telling the origin story of the teenage mutant ninja turtles in the original teenage mutant ninja turtles movie, mm-hmm. like like I was the I was the the uh, the pet of Rokosaki. Yep. I just like to say Rokosaki. Um, <laughs> Anyway, he tells that story and the puppets, the little teeny tiny Ninja Turtles learning like yeah. Kung Fu is so freaking cool. And mm-hmm. I know that that's like uh, it was Jim Henson's uh, puppet works stuff that mm-hmm. created all that stuff. I don't know. Just nostalgia factor. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, and and Daredevil win it for me. Right. Right. Yeah. They had a lot of um, influence from Daredevil as well, too, because um Split, the name Splinter is actually a play off of Daredevil's mentor who trained him, Stick. which was Stick. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's another great point that I'm glad you made. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Shredder's Foot Clan was also based off of Daredevil's uh, arch enemy uh, organization called The Hand. Yeah. yeah. So, there's, <laughs> so the more you dive into Daredevil and look at that, I think specifically, I think Frank Miller's uh, influence, I think, is mm-hmm. where... It came in at um, you see that there's a lot of influence that they pulled in from Daredevil, which again, I mean, I you know I love Daredevil, obviously, and, and yeah. I was really happy to hear about you know the influence that they pulled in from that. So you know, um, IDW and DC have combined to do Batman and the Ninja Turtles like three mm-hmm. times now. Yeah, um, and I just I keep waiting for them to for them to you know, talk to Marvel and let's do a Ninja Turtles and Daredevil yeah. crossover. Um, Cause they could be fighting the hand and the foot. That yes. would be, that would be great. And then but we'll also like, we're the head. <laughs> like Matt, Matt Murdoch is their brother. Like he's, oh, he's that'd their, be really cool. Yeah. He's their, he's their long lost, their long lost brother. Yeah. And so I think working him into um, working him into the story, and having them uh, them team up because you know Daredevil often has a really really dry sense of humor. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think it would mesh well with with you know like Raphael and and Michelangelo. Like those those two especially stick out to me. Right. Um, as as you know that they would they would be there like maybe playing pranks on Donatello and and Leonardo, especially Leonardo. Right. But yeah. Yeah. I think that would be great. Oh, yeah. No, I love that idea. I, I think that'd be awesome. I don't know how, you know, it, it always comes down to like legalities and, and, uh, no, it comes right? down, <laughs> it comes down to the money. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Which I That's mean, if, if money's involved, you know that, you know, legal. Is when we involved. get done here, I'll tell you what it comes down to. It's because somebody's got to write a story good enough for Marvel to want to like let it happen. Right. Because they're just ultra protective of everything. Right. And I think they st- they they steer everything towards the MCU now. Yeah. So if it doesn't benefit the um, you know the the big boys at the at the movie studio, mm-hmm. they may not be interested in in doing it. 
But I, I mean, DC and I mean Warner Brothers, they even made the the animated version of mm-hmm. you know the the, the story. So yeah. I'd, I'd love to see Daredevil and the Ninja Turtles team up because they have the same origin story. Yeah. You know, I mean, Marvel with their What If series, they could totally make that happen, you know, just like it, because it's still be part of MCU. But it's one of those things where it's just like this is just like a what if situation. We don't have to go anything further than that. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I could I, I think it would be that would be a great way. Like if they were ever to do that, they're just like, let's just try this out. Mm-hmm. Just doing a an episode of What If would would do that. Right. Sweet. Although then you'll get people who would freak out because then it's like the Ninja Turtles are part of the MCU now. They go down that rabbit hole. I'm just like, just yeah. enjoy it for crying mm-hmm. out loud. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things, fanboys. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so for me, my favorite origin story uh, has to be the X Men. I mean, they're they're you know I I've made no secret that they're my favorite mm-hmm. you know comic book story growing up, but I think. What I love about that origin story is just not the story itself, but the context around how that story was made. So if you're not familiar with the X-Men story, here's the short story or a short version of it is that the X-Men was pretty much a metaphor of the 1960s about racism, basically. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And not not just racism. I mean, it, it's any sort of like inequalities that existed and everything. But it definitely was inspired by racism. So the main characters that you see in there, Professor Charles Xavier and Eric Lyncher uh, Magneto, were based on the two major civil rights pro- um, proponents at the time. So Charles Xavier was supposed to represent Martin Luther King Jr. And then Correct. Magneto was supposed to represent Malcolm X, right? Mm-hmm. And then so whenever you uh, read the comics about the mutants, the mutants were supposed to represent basically, you know, black people and people of color uh, because they mm-hmm. were, they did a great job of just showing like, you know, how they are human. They just have something like an extra gene, which is where the name X-Men comes from, by the way. X actually isn't really about, you know, Xavier, but it's more like they have an extra gene. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the whole premise is that, you know, there's a lot more similarities than they have that they have than differences. And so it was supposed to be, um, influ- it, was, it was influenced by racism at the time. And so I think it's just really cool to, once you kind of understand that and know that side of the story, that as you read and watch more of the X-Men story, you see a lot of those metaphors being played out a lot. And so, like, you know, the creation of the Sentinels is supposed to represent, um, you know, law enforcement officers and military who were abusing mm-hmm. the power at the time to um, to uh, bully and intimidate, you know, black people and people of color, right? So, um, so I really love that. But going into the comics itself, it's really interesting and fascinating because it's one of the few team ups that starts as a group or as a team, mm-hmm. um, other than like you know the Fantastic Four, basically. Right? But but that's because that their approach was more of a, a superhero family, whereas this one is you know one we, we talked about where they're a family of their own choosing because they have a shared experience. So they're not, you know, relatives to each other, but they come Mm -hmm. together and form a team. And so that's where, you know, their, their story comes from is that Xavier wanted to help uh, protect uh, humans, but all the, while at the same time 
trying to give shelter and protect and help mutants grow and learn to control their powers and to benefit humanity and to, you know, use their powers for good essentially. And so that's how we get the first team of X-Men is that we have these five random mutants that come to Xavier one way or another, and then they became some of his first students and then also his first superhero team. So. Right. And I, I like the fact that even when they went back and started the, um, the, the cartoon that I love, mm-hmm. they start off with like these people are a team right. and then they give you the backstory as as like as time progresses they tell the backstory it's not linear mm-hmm. it's not um this is how they became a team like they're, they're they, they didn't have the traditional like issue one origin story right you know what i mean right um and i love that that i, I feel like more it, when they adapt comics more and more often now they need to like get with that like model. Like we don't need mm-hmm. to see, we don't need to see Bruce Wayne's parents die one more time in order to understand or ben why, Parker. He's, <laughs> why he's Batman. Right. Like the, the MCU Spider-Man not addressing like how Spider-Man became Spider-Man. Yes. was like a time saving stroke of genius. Right. Well, cause they've already, you know, done it twice and the amazing Spider-Man was, had like, wasn't even 10 years old. And mm-hmm. I think they just knew that, you know, we need to get away from it. But, you know, even more so now than ever, because it's still like we just had that movie. Mm-hmm. And so it was just it was I think that's what really made it work really well is this like people knows this. We don't have to establish this. Let's just jump right into it, you know. And it, and at this point, if they wanted to show a flashback of why um, why Peter is so um like where he longed for Mr. Stark's affection so much mm-hmm. and why he was so hurt from Stark's death in, in game, mm-hmm. like because of his experience with his uncle Ben, it would make sense to tell that in a flashback. Right. You just don't, you don't need that anymore to, um, to like drive the narrative at the, at the beginning of the, the series. Right. Right. Exactly. So, um, hey, you know what? I want to do something different. Or, I mean, I want to do something. I know it's not different because we play games on here all the time, but I want to do right. something fun uh, before we wrap this up because we've talked about our origins. We talked about how the podcast began. We've talked about our favorite comic book origins. And I want to do this one last thing with you. I want to do Would You Rather Origins Edition. <laughs> so, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to yeah. give you two characters. Okay. And I want you to consider. Would you rather have this origin story or that origin story? Okay. And I think you're going to have to take into consideration not just how they got their um their their power, but also what their power is and the name they go by. Okay. <laughs> because like I'm, there's some loops and I'm going to throw some loops at you in just a second. So I've got four gotcha. of these. Let's see what let's see what you think. Okay. Would you rather be uh, the Flash struck by lightning and and I guess mixed with some chemicals there, mm-hmm. uh, or the Hulk and have suffered through a gamma bomb. Hmm. Oh man, that's a good one. Um, and like my, they both seem really painful to me. <laughs> yeah, I I think my initial instinct would be Hulk. Uh, I mean, just because it would be painful at the time, but then I feel like after that. I mean, Hulk is pretty much indestructible, right? I mean, right. Um, but gosh, I mean, but at the same time, I also know, like, you know, 
whether you're, I mean, it's just like any superhero, whether you're the Hulk or the Flash, like there's some sort of tragedy that comes with it, right? And so it's mm -hmm. Bruce Banner always having to try to control his temper. Otherwise, if he loses it, he turns into the Hulk, right? Until he yeah. figures out how to control it. Um, I think on at the same time, Flash goes through some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, well Flash too. is a member of the Flash is a member of the Dead Parent Society. Yes. So, <laughs> well, and and Bruce Banner's, uh, you know, parents aren't. Uh, story isn't great either. Like his, yeah, no, we talked about him recently about his, how terrible his dad yeah. is, <laughs> and and his father-in-law in General Thunderbolt Ross. But, right, exactly. Yeah. but I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I. It, it just it's you'd think that DC and Marvel somehow knew that Walt Disney Company was going to take over because Disney's whole thing about killing off parents, you know? Yeah, there's it, some, something about killing off parents that people love to mm -hmm. write about, and I don't know why, you know? So, so um, when I thought about it, my my thing came, my decision came down to one thing. Mm -hmm. They both seem pretty painful, but in all honesty, they would be, um, they would likely be over before you realized it. Right. I'm fairly certain though, that if you get struck by lightning, like the flash did, you're going to poop your pants. <laughs> and so for me, it's the Hulk. <laughs> well, in the flash, I would like, rather... it wasn't just the lightning, but he also had all those chemicals around him too. That, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like a mixture of all those things. <laughs> yeah. But like gamma bomb, Boom. Right. You're done. Right. Um, lightning. Ah, uh, <laughs> poop my pants. All right, we're moving on. Nice. Would you rather be Spider-Man uh, bitten by a radioactive spider mm -hmm. or dare Daredevil blinded by a radioactive substance? Uh, I, honestly, it, it probably has, as much as I love Daredevil... It probably have to be Spider Man just because Matt Murdock had to go through a lot of pain and he's still blind. Like, yes, he's no, oh, yeah, he's still like he has a superpower, but now he also has a disability, right? Exactly. Which I mean, I'm not saying you know having that disability like is a disadvantage either, but no. like when you pair it to you know Peter Parker who got bitten by radioactive spider and just had like a really one bad night. Yeah, his acne cleared up and everything. Right. Yeah, and, and <laughs> right. So it's like you know. Um, Daredevil is as great as as much as I love him. Like going through that transformation experience is probably a lot uh -huh. rougher than being bitten by a radioactive spider. So, so a, a lot of people point to to Spider Man origin story as their favorite because uh, it could it could it could be that he was the any man, right? Right. His his circumstances were happenstance, uh, and it could have happened to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm gonna go with Daredevil simply because I'm terrified of spiders. <laughs> So, like, on Shark Tank, for me, that's a no. Right. <laughs> Although, if you got bit by a spider, you'd probably be less terrified of them at that point, right? Correct. What, what, it would be funny if they did a what if of Peter Parker as Spider-Man is terrified of spiders. Yeah. That would be great. Okay. Next one. Would you rather be Green Lantern and have found a magical ring or... I know this is a stretch. Would you rather be Thor and have a magical hammer? <laughs> I said, it, interesting. Interesting enough. I asked this question to my wife earlier and she said, do you look like Chris Hemsworth or yeah, Ryan right. Reynolds? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you take your pick. And she's like, both. <laughs> no, of course she wouldn't care though. Right. She wouldn't care. Yeah. Sarah would probably said the same thing to be honest. Yeah. So she's like, if she's like, if if you come out looking as one, one, either one of them, like I'd be happy. <laughs> I I would say Thor just because 
Um, Thor ends up being able to use his powers without the hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, he lives like thousand years old and stuff like that. And I think, you know, he has a lot more benefits in his favor. Whereas uh, Green Lantern, again, you know, kind of the same thing where it could be anybody that could have that power mm-hmm. as long as they, you know, it's almost like the worthiness uh, factor, just like with yeah. Thor. But I just, I've never really got behind, like, I feel like to use the Green Lantern powers, you have to be a really creative person, which I, I feel like I am creative, but like in the moment, like I remember watching the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds and I, I remember thinking like when he was fighting, he had to come up with like all these creative ways to um, to fight with, with, you know, creating a uh, a uh, race car to be able to get out from, you know, the uh, situation and all that. I'm just like, that's a lot of pressure to come up with creative stuff in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like I wouldn't really be able to handle that sort of pressure. I like I like <laughs> creativeness or creativity. Yes. So I think that's why I'm leaning the other way. I think I would like to be Green Lantern, but... For a different reason, and I'm glad you mentioned again the the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern. I want the CGI green super suit. <laughs> like now, I don't have to get dressed. Yeah, right. CGI super suit me. <laughs> well, I mean, I and and I'll say that I love being creative too. I mean, I think that's why you know you and I love doing you know the yeah, podcast oh yeah. and and I love just you know doing all the video stuff and things like like I love being creative. I don't want to be forced to be creative in such a intense situation. It's just a lot of pressure to have to be creative in the, in that, um, to save the day, to save the day. Like you're creative, but you're not save the day. I I am creative in that. I need some time to think through all this (laughs) stuff. So if I was, if, if I was a green lantern, I would be the green lantern that you see in, um, Monty Python's Holy Grail with that scene where the guard's like, now you're not supposed to be here unless you're like A, B, or C. And then and that moment he got stabbed. That's how I would be. I'm like, okay, so I could use this power. I could do it this way. And then I get killed off and then the earth is doomed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, okay. I would not be a good green lantern. <laughs> Last one. Yeah. This is the one that I'm going to throw you for a loop. Okay. Would you rather be the wizard? <laughs> which is DC Comics like little known hero that was uh he's a he's a fast guy created by a blood transfusion with a mongoose <laughs> or would you rather be Ralph Dibney the uh the elongated man who got his powers from drinking a concentrated version of a fruit soda called Gingold <laughs> I'm going to have to go with elongated man just because yeah. the name the wizard yeah, right. It's going to be like, oh man, that person's superpower is that he can pee on everything. <laughs> right? I feel like this is another one. If I asked my wife, I know exactly what she would, <laughs> which one she would pick, and it's not the wizard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm I like I've heard of the wizard, but I've never read like any of the comics or anything of the wizard. But it's just like I remember when I first heard that, <laughs> I heard that name. I was just like. That's got to be a terrible name. And I'm like, I'm hoping that this is either a spoof or they do a really good job of explaining, like, this has nothing to do with urination. <laughs> <laughs> like, he shows up to the Justice League meeting. He's like, hey, what's up, everybody? Right. Uh, I'm the wizard. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 wizard? No, the wizard. Like, wizard. Like, like, you pee on things? Yeah. Like, no, I'm, I'm fast. Yeah, it would be that awkward <laughs> silence where, like, everyone's thinking that same thing. Like, does he pee on things? But no one's asking. <laughs> but everybody... Somebody asks, and he he's like, "No, no, no, I'm fast." <laughs> oh, you mean like the Flash? Oh, no, no, not that fast. 
Can you imagine if like that person has uh has a TV show with uh CW and is like, I am the you know a, a really fast guy, but not as fast as a flash kind yeah. of opener, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I am not the fastest man alive, but I'm pretty somewhat close. I'm I'm the wizard, <laughs> bronze medalist from the Tokyo Olympic Games. Because <laughs> he's not even right. He's not even gold medal fast. There's got to be like, there, isn't there like a like a superhero name called like the mediocre man or something like that, where it's just like he he's a little bit more than humans and something, but like very low bottom at the superhero rank. Like, <laughs> I feel like there's 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 a there's got to be a hero out there. I feel like I've heard that before, but. Maybe I'm making that up. Who knows? Like when you looked at those old trading cards, like his strength was like a two. Right. <laughs> like, like it's not a one. He's not normal. Like he's kind of strong. He's kind of fast. Right. Yeah. But really, but really he's just like a retired NFL player. Right. <laughs> he's the person that they send in. just like, this is below our pay grade. This guy can go in and help. <laughs> yeah. He, he dies at the beginning of crossover. events. <laughs> he was a good man. <laughs> Hey, well, you know what? It doesn't really it doesn't really matter how you start. Sometimes it's it's how you finish. And I wish I could say better things about the wizard. I don't think I don't think he got very far. <laughs> <laughs> but we've enjoyed this conversation talking about origin stories. Uh, and hopefully you have too. Hopefully you can go tell all your friends about the wizard. Um, be careful if you Google search that. <laughs> um, I can't. I can't vouch for the like the validity of all those links. Right. Um, but that's going to wrap up. Just make up. sure you put like DC Comics in front of it. Yeah. DC Comics, The Wizard. Yeah. And then you'll get like, it. Yeah. And then you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but that's going to wrap up another episode of The Caption Live. We hope you enjoyed listening. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button on whatever major podcast platform you're listening to. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Caption Life uh, and also on Facebook now. And, and if you'd like what we're doing, give us a shout out, tag us in a post. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, go and visit thecaptionlife.com. Until next time, so long. I'm the Wizard.